You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. Well, today is the second in our homemaking series, which I'm so excited about. Um, our first series kind of just laid the groundwork, kind of a worldview of home. We answered the question, what is home for? Talked about some interesting information we get from even our female bodies about how we're made. Mm-hmm. Oh, which was so cool. To create a home. Never thought of that before. High five, Pope John Paul II. Okay, what's the first thing that you take off when you get home, Bonnie? Your bra? Your <laughs> shoes? <laughs> How about your on self, your on persona? The person you are when you're at work or at your in-laws or even at the grocery. The chipper conversationalist you are with the drive through guy or the checker. You, do you feel that turn off when you cross the threshold of your home? Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the same. Probably a little too much, to be honest. And, be, and to be honest, like, I would take off my bra if I was wearing one. <laughs> well, <laughs> some of us have to. So yeah, I do that too. That's the first thing. There should be something about us that feels safe enough to relax into ourselves when we come home. We want to be physically comfortable, mm-hmm. obviously. We can scrub our faces clean of makeup and wear our yoga pants. Yes, I will allow the yoga pants. Oh, only for this <laughs> situation. Leggings are not pants, if you didn't know that, listeners. <laughs> but we also need to turn off in some mental emotional way Mm -hmm. it should be safe to come home and take off our masks without worry yeah as a matter of fact friends i i have who just are really struggling in their marriages um i've recently had a conversation and one of the things they said was i just i can never be comfortable at home it's so tense things Mm. are so difficult that I, i can't sleep You know, I'm waking up every couple of hours. I can never be myself. I have to hide who I am. Mm -hmm. They were describing this very thing that Mm -hmm. that was the opposite of what home really should be. So then you feel like there's not really a safe place. There's no safe place. Yeah. Yeah. So the people in our home will have seen us at our best and our worst. That's so comforting to me. Mm -hmm. If you're if you are loved, that's a comforting that's a comforting thought. They know us enough to know when we've had a bad day when something seems off, or when we just don't seem like ourselves. We don't have to pretend because we're worried we'll be shamed or ridiculed or dismissed. I love that. I I feel so seen when David comes in and says, are you hungry? (laughs) (laughs) And he's not wrong many, many times. Yeah, you can just sort of see it (laughs) in the tensing of the neck. (laughs) Uh Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so does that mean that all of our outside courtesies are off the table? Can we just burp and fart and leave a trail of dishes and crumbs behind us because we're so comfortable? Right. Well, not ideally. <laughs> Although, like burping and farting, if you hold that in, that's not really good for you. Oh my God. <laughs> like someone who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do we reconcile our need to rest and be comfortable at home and still think of others while we're there? I think that's a real tension for some because yeah. you hear that a lot, you know whoever's outside the home working they come home and I don't want a to-do list when I come home I just want to watch football okay well what about all the other stuff that's going on right all the other stuff that has to get done right so if home isn't a place of rest for everyone in the family then it's not accomplishing its purpose God calls us to love others and in a marriage relationship we are offering mutual love and respect so 
this might mean remembering that love is not a feeling only. Love is an action. Love is pain. That's right. Love is commitment. So this would mean you might give up 10 minutes to wash the dishes. See our episode on... Yeah, fair play. Eve Rodsky's <laughs> amazing book. Please do that. Division of Labor. So consider, we need to all consider what rest might mean for those that we live with. And I know we've talked about temperaments on this podcast, some of my favorite episodes, and we refer, refer to them often because to know your family well is to love them better. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, there was a show called The Odd Couple, and I know it's been remade a few times. I think um, Chandler. Wasn't Chandler on a show of The Odd Couple? Oh, I don't From know. Friends. From Friends? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but it makes the point here. You know, a neat freak and a total slob become roommates, and that's the shtick of the whole show. Yeah, so maybe it doesn't phase you to shove two weeks of laundry off the couch when you want to sit down. Or it's not time to do the dishes until you run out of clean silverware. But if there's someone else in your home who can't focus with a cluttered desk or for whom the environment is important to their well-being, it doesn't honor that person if you're fine with them doing all the work. The if it bothers you, we'll just clean it attitude. Right. But that also doesn't mean that you have to swab the deck the moment that you get home at the end of your day. Right? Yeah. Everybody has to give. Everybody has to to let the other person rest. I mean, ideally, this is a dance. It's just like, it's a beautiful dance of see a need, fill a need that you both are doing. Mm -hmm. And you're reading the other person, their energy level. Ooh, it was a long, bad day. I can pick up the slack here. Exactly. Yeah, because it's about the person. It's not really about mm -hmm, the job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Although Eve Rodsky makes great clarifications about when you've decided to like if the laundry's your job, that means beginning to end. Exactly. You know, you don't just throw it in the washing machine and walk away, which is the easiest part. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's just say that. <laughs> so yeah, you you do it to the to the finality, but um, but just the see a need, fill a need is so beautiful. I know so many young wives that I talk to are just like, it just brings them down to have to constantly point out the stuff that needs to be done. Right. So these conversations are so worth having for couch time. Yeah, it's just a just a little a, a way we adult and manage mm -hmm. our home together because mm -hmm. we're supposed to be helping one another. Refer to our first episode on home. Yes. How we're a partnership and a team, right? And we're supporters. So maybe while we are masters of our home, women, mm -hmm. we can point out things at first and we need to set some time and negotiate all of that out. But then it needs to... To yes. run, then they pick up the baton. Yes. So in my opinion, just based on those verses, go back to our first episode if you don't know what she's talking about. That's what, I've, that's what I taught, actually, my daughter and my son, that women are the lords of their home. We set the tone. That's a default setting for women. Mm -hmm. we, we can set the tone well for our home. We can set the tone poorly for our home. Certainly, our husbands can, you know, interfere with that mm -hmm. in bad ways, and they can build it up in good ways. They can, but... We have power here. That's you why use the force for good. Happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly where that comes right. From. That's right. So, in my opinion, if you're listening to this, you're listening to our opinions. In my opinion, it's your responsibility, mom, to just figure this out for your family. Who's doing what? Mm -hmm. You just go. You you gather around. You know, even your younger elementary kids, and you you and your husband have discussed this beforehand, and you go, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's the play we're running. And then as life circumstances change, you regroup and yeah. you go back. And so certain seasons 
of life, I'm doing certain tasks and then those fall off and they move to the children or David's picked them up and vice versa. Yeah. You make those calls. Yeah. Take up the mantle. Yeah, you can do it. Make that choice. All right. So we're talking about rest and refuge today. So one thing to consider in the rest area of things is, is anybody home? Oh. So consider your calendar and your schedule. Home as a place of rest doesn't just mean sinking into bed at night. Rest is more than getting eight hours of sleep every night. Rest also refers to leisure and relaxation. So you can certainly relax and have leisure time at the park or on vacation. But how much time during the week do you actually spend resting at home? I, I knew this was for me was a real easy thing for me to notice. I When I was feeling discouraged or down about my parenting or feeling like something was off in our family vibe, I could take a look at the calendar and go, oh, we just haven't had time at home together. Exactly. The amount that we've decided is optimal for our family. So if the idea of resting like this makes you anxious, um, if you feel like you constantly need to be on the go or you get antsy, some different things may be at play here. In different temperaments. Yeah. Yeah. Better. Right. If you're an extrovert or an introvert, absolutely. Yeah, if you're an extrovert, you're going to want to be around people more. That gives you energy. Um, you know, 2020 was really hard on extroverts who didn't it get was. the socialization that they needed. But introverts, on the other hand, and I'm one of them, might tend to be what you call homebodies or someone who likes spending time at home rather than traveling or socializing. And if you put them in the car and make them go, 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 yeah, their mood sinks. Mm -hmm. They need some alone time, just resting. So, okay, be aware of that. But then sometimes that's actually not the issue. Um, sometimes it's just the pace of our life in the information age where we have constant distractions and we don't know how to be bored or be still. And I'll tell you what, ladies, it's in the boring still moments where God tends to get our attention and where creativity blossoms. Ask any artist. It's where we do our best work. Yeah, yeah you've got to be bored. It's so good for kids to be bored. And... I know a family who they're they are an awesome family. They've got three kids and their life I have never seen a busier family. I mean it was every every kid had two or three activities. I don't know that they ever had a meal at home and it was go 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 go. And they had a crisis in the family where all of a sudden um that kind of screeched to a halt and they had to be attending to medical needs and a couple of those kids just came and spent an afternoon at home and they just it was like, um, I can't even describe it, the peace mm -hmm. just settled over them. Their body language. They oh, just took a breath, a exactly. big, deep breath. It was a big old sigh of, mm -hmm. oh, this, this is good. This feels great. Mm -hmm. So notice that about your kids. Yeah. I know you think it's great and wonderful to have them in every activity that there is, but notice, mm -hmm. do they really need some downtime? Kids need it. Kids need a lot of downtime. 90% yeah. of their life is downtime yeah. and play. So it's just easy to get sucked into that, Bonnie. Mm -hmm. We have all this pressure to be like raising well-rounded children, which I think is baloney. Don't feel like you have to be a, like, what's well-rounded? Who, who made that definition? <laughs> Exposed to every single thing. Yeah. So we, we get drawn into packing more and more and more to be sure they're enriched and entertained and have opportunities for sports and leagues and dance class and socializing and on and on until we're never together at home. Right. That's, that's a loss. That's a loss. And then your home, if you're never at home, then how are you resting at home? Is your home a place of rest? Is that where they even associate rest? It needs to be. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be. Mm -hmm. You have to grow up 
that's what you're implanting in your kids' minds so that down the road, when you say the word home, oh, yeah, that's that one place that we went that one time <laughs> in between practice. <laughs> that's not what you want when your kids leave home. Trust yeah. me. You want them to think of home. That's the place I want to be, and I want to bring my kids to it. Yeah, it, it really is. Since we did move around so much, for me, I had to really get straight in my head that home was a place where you could as you said earlier, uh, take off the mask, mm -hmm. let your hair down, be yourself. Um, home was a place where your people are, who always have your back. So do you know what kids say are their most favorite memories of childhood? I can guess. Disney vacation. Eh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the beach. Mm. No. Sometimes it's when they were sick at home and the mom was home to care for them. Or at the surprise snow day where they were home and all the obligations fell away. You know what this feels like, Mom? Oh, yeah. When the obligations fall away for the day unexpectedly. Awesome. Winter break, when school is out, lessons are canceled, family is home. These, these are great memories for children. Yeah. So just remember that you really do. You are the master. <laughs> You're the master and the lord of your home. You have the power and the choice to determine your family's rhythms. Um, we kind of just let ourselves get pushed or swayed into the ways of life that we think are inevitable. But everything is always on the table. Anything can come off that table at any time. If anybody's listening out there for all the bumper sticker ideas, put that one on a bumper sticker, add that one to the list. Everything any is on the table and you can push anything off. That's right. Isn't that freeing? Oh, it's so it empowering. It makes me feel like, oh, phew, there's a weight lifted off. Like, you don't yeah. have to carry all that if you don't want to. Just mm -mm. say no. Just say no. No is a complete word, a complete sentence. So, we'll just ask you, are you home enough to rest there? Or are you just home long enough to fling the backpacks in the corner, grab a snack, and head to the next thing and the next thing and the next? Yeah. Just think about it. Just, just give yourself a moment. Get curious. Think about that. Okay, so what about refuge? Our home should be a refuge, too. What does that word mean? Well, it's being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. I for sure um, embrace this concept with my husband. So mm, I, yes. I was just like, seeing my dad, I think, starting a business on his own, a couple of kids at home, and knowing the pressure. I didn't know it as a little kid. But as we talked about it in adulthood, he was like, every day, I felt like the lions and the tigers and the bears in the jungle were about to get me. Mm -hmm. And I had to fight them back and go provide for my family. And so if that is how a lot of men think, then home as a refuge or a place of rest is, is a really powerful concept. So I wanted David to always come home no, like, I'm your person. I've got your back. This is your space to be yourself. You don't have to be on guard constantly here. Right. And you're not, your job is not to be like the guys on the outside. So you're not saying, oh, you didn't close that deal. Oh, you didn't sell that house today. Oh, well, I don't know how we're going to pay the mortgage then. Or, I mean, they are already thinking that times mm -hmm. 10. Mm -hmm. So you say tomorrow is going to be great. Yes. You, I like, I totally have, you ho You have what it takes and you can totally do this. Yeah. We will figure it out together. Yeah. Like, you know, there's times where we just said, we'll figure it out. The two of us are going to figure it out. That's safety and refuge. Oh, difference in that. Whew. Yes. Yes. 
thinking about just the opposite of feeling like a refuge or feeling like you're safe is well, the opposite of safety is fear or anxiety. Mm, right. So are your children afraid or anxious at home? I'm not talking about like the monsters yeah. in the closet kind of thing, but all of us, but children in particular crave that security that mom and dad are okay. Um, they need to see this demonstrated with affection and respect, kindness and teamwork. And if there are fractures between mom and dad, kids have this built in survival radar to know this, whether you're fighting in front of them actively or not. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about an Italian family who's just particularly loud. <laughs> What's about you? Huh? Come over here. We're talking about um, harsh and angry words, a spirit of criticism, a general characterization of fighting or arguing or insulting, sarcasm, disrespect, unkindness. If that's if that's what you're characterized by, you can change that. Mm -hmm. You can change it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change the other person. You can just change you. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. That's right. So we see this at the veterinary office all the time. You know, it affects pets too. Oh, Anxious yeah. pets that come in. There's a lot of dogs on Prozac because their family home situation is so stressful. Wow. So if it affects dogs and you can see it regularly, it affects your children too. Mm -hmm. So don't do that to them or yourself. No. I mean, the, it just sort of hangs in your home like a cloud. Then... Make it be a sunny day. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. It is your choice. Choose so your choose to ask for forgiveness and make up in front of your kids. Like model that for them. We're all going to listen. We all live under one roof and sometimes it's a tiny roof. Yep. Think, but we're going to get crossways with each other. Um, but just ask yourself, are we characterized by sitting beside each other? on the couch mm -hmm. when we go to church or at a restaurant yeah do we like each other still yeah <laughs> can we remember that kids are that? really concrete till i don't know how old till they can start to do abstract re reasoning yeah, they nine, need to ten. see you they need to see you touching each other mm -hmm. and a lot of times we we say oh we're not gonna fight in front of the kids we're gonna fight behind closed doors have this discussion or disagreement which is okay although we just said that your kids kind of know you're doing that anyway mm -hmm. And then you make up and you're fine, but your child doesn't know that. That's right. Like if you have fought out in the open and then you make up later on and after you put the kids to bed, they don't know that. So I know people who like restage it the next morning mm -hmm. on purpose to say, hey, you know how we fought last night? I'm really sorry about that. Will you forgive me? I shouldn't have. Y'all did that, didn't just you? so the kid knows. Yeah. yeah. We've done it a time or two. Yeah. You've told me. Like, I thought we're you told okay. me. Yeah. We're all right. Just so you know. Yeah, we're good. We're good. And, and not only that, children love consistency. So if you're all over the place with your mood, your emotions, your corrections, if your kids don't know what's expected or when they're about to get in trouble, they never know what's going to set you off. That's actually not fair to them. And it's not going to teach them on the long run. It actually teaches them to be gamblers. Yeah. Because, so I always said, you know, you're not being a meanie. You're not being a mean mom. when you just enforce the rules. You say, hey, here's she, this rule. Here's she, what's going to happen right. if you break it. Now choose it carefully. Choice. Don't have a million rules. Yeah. Choose carefully. But then just be stick with them. I felt like it was fair to my kids. Then they could actually just decide, do I want to obey or do I want to risk it? Mm -hmm. Knowing this was what was generally going to happen, yeah. consistently going to happen. Yeah. That gives them that security, too. So they still feel safe. Absolutely. So also, I found this interesting that kids also don't know if you've been holding your tongue and controlling your temper 
for that first 10 times that you've butted heads with, heads with them. Mm-hmm. So they're very likely going to be shocked and scared when you blow up on the 11th time. Because for them, it's out of left field. So maybe give them a heads up maybe about the fifth time during the day when we're having another meltdown. Okay, my patience is wearing thin. We've been dealing with this all day. I'm just kind of giving you a heads up. Yeah. So it's not alarming later on. not living my best life now. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So you're not shocked later on. (laughs) My head comes off. Yeah. 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 So just to restate it, be fair. Set the limits. Enforce the limits. This makes your home a refuge, women. Let them know what the consequences will be and that they're not just gambling. Um, and, and yeah, it's, listen, it makes your headspace better. It clarifies you. You don't have to make the million decisions. You've already made the decision. Right. Here's the drill. Here's the, here's the play we're running in the house. Because moms, we do have decision fatigue. Yeah, we would write it on a three by five card for each kid and stick it on the fridge. 100%. Here's the three things that we're having issues with and we're working on. Absolutely. And here's what's going to happen when those things happen. Now that's decided in a time of non-conflict Yeah. when I'm in a better space. And now when it's happening, you can just do it and deal with it. Right. It's like a traffic signal. Your home is a refuge when you do this, moms. Mm -hmm. It really is. Makes it easier on you. So one last point on home being a refuge that our home should be a shelter from pursuit or danger, like you were saying men think when they leave. Yeah. So what are you letting follow your children or your spouse or your yourself home? What is pursuing them? And what package does that usually come in? Yeah, so leave work at work. Have a transition time before you get home. Maybe a phone call with your husband or a moment in the driveway. Pray, listen to a, get hype, listen to a hype song. <laughs> breathe transition listen i can there's several yeah i got i got a hype playlist i let my kids help me build it yes keep me current like keep me current yeah give me some new fresh tunes so david was really good at this he would not when cell phones were newer Mm -hmm. in the work world he would stay in the car in the driveway if he was on a call and then he would hang up before he walked in just so because the kids you know they grab you by the knees as soon as you walk in the door so that he could be present and that's the worst to hold up a finger Wait, oh, oh, wait, yeah, wait, no, I'm no, on no. the phone. Yeah, you want to be right there with them. Yeah, so he would not pull the laptop out until after bedtime if he needed to. But he really tried to not to in general. Yeah. But if I was asleep at 8 o'clock, like, what's the harm in that? You know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, so don't bring that stuff back home with you. Um, and not just work, but the stress of work. Yeah, the, well, that's hard. The person you are at work is different than the person you are at home. Right? Yeah, I mean, the, I felt like... I bring I bring the stress home and David would bring his stress home, but we would like have couch time and try to like Yeah decompress. Yeah. Um he was way better at that or and probably better at shoving it down, but way like hiding it from me from my in a loving from a impulse of love. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to burden her with that kind yes. of thing. But it's not good for your health. Right. To do that. But he knew I was under so much stress. That was a really difficult time in my life. Just yep. Bob mental health wise. And now I feel bad about that because he was just shoving his own stuff down out of love for me. Mm-hmm. So in then in okay, listen, there's a season for everything. But in an ideal world, you're helping each other. You can like sit yeah. down and go, Ugh, this is a really bad thing happened. Right. And and you can just try to unpack it and then set it aside. So you're not carrying it around the rest of the night. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So think about your kids too. What are your kids bringing in? from the outside, especially those with access to a smartphone. 
Anxiety has been linked and self-reported to never being able to turn off all that input. So they're bringing in all the drama from school. They're bringing in all the things that they missed out on and all the ugly things people said about so-and-so and, you know, all the boyfriend, girlfriend drama, all that stuff. And they can't get away from it. So have a time, set a time, no electronics during dinner or, you know, for a certain period or after eight o'clock or whatever it is, it's off. It's not in your room. It's plugged in where there's no access to it, where you're helping them leave it, let it go. And that includes you, mom and dad. Don't bring your phone to the table. I've talked to several moms whose husbands are checking emails yeah. at dinner or, or replying to a text. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, put your own phone away. Yeah, it needs to be a whole family thing if possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a neurosurgeon on call. Yeah. You don't need that all evening. Yep. Yep. So in the interest of creating your home to be a rest, place of rest and refuge, have a dinner conversation this week with your family. Just throw it out there. Yeah, you might be surprised. Does our home feel restful to you? Does it feel safe? What's something that could make it feel more safe? What's something that makes you feel safe or restful? Just ask. Yeah, especially for your older ones. Yeah, I knew like with my two, one's an extrovert, one's an introvert. You know, what was restful and enough home alone time for one was different That's right. than the other. Mm-hmm. And, and so I could give them each space, especially as they got older yeah. and able to kind of come and go. Um, I could recognize what each one needed and try to help facilitate that sure as they're learning to manage their own schedules and ask your your spouse needs to have input on this too oh yeah because they live there too absolutely just your house (laughs) so let them have some say right so we're going to close out this episode with some thoughts from jen pollock michael no michelle i don't know how you say it jen pollock michelle from the gospel coalition yeah, she had this really, there's a ton of great articles actually out there about homemaking. And um, this is a, kind of a Christian worldview of homemaking. We said it briefly in our first episode, but God was the world's first homemaker. And when we're talking about homemaking, we kind of, I do, I go straight to the 1950s right. kind of v- vision in Cause my that head. Was Cause, yeah, because that was our parents. And then you and I kind of were raised where it's like, hey, no, like, you know, women can do all these other things. Mm-hmm. And And so if you go back, let's just go back a little farther in history. She's like, home has not been the exclusive province of women for most of history. Even in pre-industrial America, a house building, home making was shared. As you said in the first episode, it had to be. Yeah, there was too much to do. (laughs) Yeah, there's too much work. One one person could not, even even a man alone could not handle that. By the time you go out and kill the deer... Well, you're too tired to eat it. <laughs> That's exactly right. And and the there's a lot of, um, I think there's a really big Yale study I read where throughout all cultures, throughout all of history, um, there are jobs that generally men do, did for the home and jobs that women generally did for the home. Again, this is not um, some misogynistic impulse primarily. I think it's more just expediency. Yeah. So men are trapping, shooting, butchering animals. Women are plucking the birds, cleaning the fish. Men are growing the wheat. Women are growing the vegetables. Men are stacking the wood. Women are tending the fire. This is partnership. This is not oppression. Teamwork. I think it's so 
<laughs> what a what a great image. Yeah. It's not somebody kicked back in the recliner. Right. While someone else does all the work. It is both of you all hands on deck at all times. Yeah. So and and think of even of marriage in that context where it's, you know, marriage becomes so very little about self-fulfillment and more about making a way in the world, making a place. Like you don't want to hit your wagon to somebody who's dead weight. Yeah. Male or female. That's right. You're both you're both thinking that. That's right. So then with industrialization, domestic chores kind of were became utilitarian. You know, the machines could do a lot of the things that we were all doing. That's right. Farming or housekeeping. Yeah, so the home was less and less a shared space for women and men once all the technologies entered the picture. That's kind of sad to me. I mean, I'm grateful. Do not get me wrong. That you're not slaving That I'm not hand-washing clothes. Right. That I'm not hand-washing every dish. Mm -hmm. I've had a Roomba. (laughs) I just was like, oh my goodness, this is life-changing. But what we lost with the convenience was this sense of really heavy reliance on one another. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and so I don't want to I don't want to go back to the situation where I don't have my conveniences. I just want to rekindle that camaraderie mm-hmm. in our hearts and minds, reignite our imaginations. Like now that we've got this time free, wh- well, how can we hitch ourselves to each other and even blow out that blessing even more that we're supposed to be doing in the world? Right. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So... Back in, oh, whenever I mean, it was written, The Feminine Mystique by Betty, Betty Friedan, the classic feminist manifesto, it was based on that. All this technology has come into the home. Now we have all this extra time that we, we aren't doing, you know, tending the garden and doing all the heavy labor. So we no longer have a purpose. So that must mean we need to go outside the home and find our purpose in the world. Maybe Yes. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing left for the right. home. I mean, there's the heart and the beauty and the raising of the children and all the most important things are still there. And I think we're seeing a circling back because I know a lot of younger women now are figuring out ways to um, work from home. Yeah. And that used to be what we did. Right. Right. So I know um, Emma, when she was choosing a college major, that was one of the factors that went into her thinking was, what can I do? I want to stay home and raise my children if I have them. If I get married and have them, she's thinking that far down the road. So I want zero college debt, so I have freedom to take whatever job I want, and I want a job I can do from home so that I can contribute Mm -hmm. in ways that would be beneficial to our family. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's insurance for the future that you don't know. You've got Now you've got an education and a skill Mm -hmm. that can provide for you in the event that you need to just do that on your own. Something happens. Yeah. There's all those things she took into account. But it's not an either or. It's not a, we either stay at home or we have nothing. You don't abandon the hearth just because there's technology. I just thought, I I thought that was so great that she did that. I wish somebody had walked me through that because I knew I also wanted to stay home, but I also knew I love school and I wanted an education. And nobody really talked me through. Um, there was not this work from home concept or part-time professional work concept in the 90s when we were in school. No, it's certainly not in the schools. It's not okay to even say that that's an option, I don't think. But you are you are kind of seeing it. I think if you come up with that on your own, you've seen it somewhere. And yeah. it appeals to you. Every young woman that I, that I come in contact with who is uh, 
raising children, I say, you know, any education you've gotten that has made you in, in part in the person you are now, the wife you are now, the mom you are now, you're using that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It's it, not a waste. It's not a waste. Learning to think and, and searching for wisdom mm -hmm. makes you a better everything. A better mom, sister, friend, wife, all of it. And it's worth mentioning also our single people who listen. There's, there's a few of them who yeah. listen to the podcast mm -hmm. or the, the wives listening to the podcast who don't have children. Mm -hmm. um, th there's a broad picture of home in scripture. Uh, God promises home to every single person, married, unmarried, childless, full home full of children. Home in God's kingdom doesn't actually even begin at the altar. Uh, the, she says in her article, in part, home is restored to all of God's children because Christ has promised that if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. We all have home because God lives in us. Our bodies become a home for the Holy Spirit. And moreover, home as human community is given to each of us in this institution called the church. It's the household of God to reflect first Timothy three fifteen yet again, where we were saying the elders had to be good managers of their homes. That's that same verse there where the household of God, how can they manage the household of God if they can't even manage their own homes? Right. And we, and we talk about that. We use that language. What's your church home? Where do you go to church? What are, where's your church home? And all the letters are written to the brothers and sisters here. And the the mother and the faith and the father and the faith. Right. We get aunts, uncles, cousins, brothers, everything in church. It's the, the great equalizer. The family imagery is really, really cool. As a matter of fact, Tim Keller, again and again, I know you're surprised for me to bring up Tim Keller. <laughs> he again and again says, like, the, the gospel enters this honor-shame ancient culture where to not have a family affiliation was an illegitimate way to live life. It yeah. was unthinkable to not be connected to a family. And he's like, the radical news of the gospel is, you don't have to be married and have children to have, to have a legitimate family. Yeah, God's household is your family. It's eternal. It's in this age and the age to come. And that was radical good news for a lot of people in that culture. All the, single ladies, all, all the single ladies, <laughs> all right. the single ladies, all the single ladies, <laughs> the widows, the, <laughs> the daughters, the unmarried. That was radical good news. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. that so much. That is, that is good news for today, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So don't dismiss that. So oh, just another, I could just go on. Who knows how long this is going to go on, <laughs> listeners? This is, this is a topic that I just love. I love it so much. I want every one of you to have beautiful, restful, happy homes that are refuge for whoever refuge. comes there that's right whoever comes there mm -hmm. all right so resources as usual on just website and you can follow us on facebook and instagram and when you rate us and review the podcast and share it with your friends that just helps us more and more reach more people and um hopefully bless them sure and if you have Topic suggestions on home or any other subject, just email them to us at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, just Ask, Ask Your, Your Mom. Mom.